Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council podcast. And can I say just off the bat, guys, you are in for an absolute treat. Um, not just the fact that we are together again uh, doing a, a wonderful show for you guys, but the content we've got to cover in this particular show is brilliant. Um, and of course, I am Alex, your host, and thank you very much for joining us. If this is your first time of finding uh, the Jedi Council podcast, thank you very much for finding us. We hope to keep you entertained for the next hour, hour and a half-ish Although looking at the agenda we've got, it could be about five, the way things are going. Um, and if this is a re- reoccurring listen for you guys, thank you very much for your for your loyalty, for your friendship, for continuing to be on the journey with the Jedi Council. Uh, again, we keep hopefully keep you guys entertained, talking about everything and anything Star Wars. As usual, I'm not alone. Uh, I do have my uh, Jedi Council compadres with me. First and foremost is my good buddy and my brother in the force, Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello. Oh, it's been nearly a month since we've got together, um, so it's been a while. January, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. It was literally last month, and I think it was like the first weekend of January, wasn't it? Was. So yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Lots has ha- lot of a lot have happened in the Star Wars universe, um, but of course we do have other members of the Jedi Council. A little bit lower on numbers today than the last one. There's only three of us. We have Mr. Contrary himself, Alistair Clark. Say hello, Ali. Hello, Dave. <laughs> Hello, Ali. Hello, Ali. How are you? I'm really good, Dave. Oh, it's good to hear your voice. It's been all too long. Is is someone else on this call? I, I think there might be. Might oh, okay. Okay. Right. Hello, Alex. <laughs> so, so the point of recording this this show, ladies and gentlemen, is the day after Valentine's Day. I think I'm actually going to hang up and let these two have the room to themselves. I think that's clearly what they're after. Um, so, Andy and Dave, uh, Ali and Dave, even. I'm just going to let you guys crack on. See you later. Yeah. Oh, well, I thought we had a romantic latte yesterday, Alex. Well, you, well, know, you didn't not... tell me about that. Well, you do live about 500 miles away, yeah, <laughs> to be honest. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but again, we have got two and a half minutes into this podcast and we've completely derailed our topic of conversation. Uh, enough of Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day sucks, uh, let's be honest. Uh, but that's a whole different podcast uh, that we could go into detail uh, about Valentine's Day. Uh, we have got an absolute jam-packed agenda, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we do. Um, first and foremost, a couple of latest news pieces that have just dropped today. Like I said, as of recording, it's the 15th of February. Um, Lucasfilm have announced Triple Force Friday. A little bit more on that in just a minute. Episode 9 has finished filming. There's a little bit of news about the Disney Plus app as well. Uh, not to mention there's some some exciting announcements coming from Hasbro about a new range of, of, of toys that they're bringing out or collectibles or action figures, whatever you want to call them. Not to mention, it's also New York Toy Fair this weekend, so I'm going to link that into, into the conversation as well. And the main topic of the week this week is something that has is, is caused much debate, not just amongst the council, uh, but amongst Star Wars fandom uh, in general. Um, it's the Galaxies of, Galaxy of Adventures short animated series and, and, and Dave has wrote an absolutely brilliant piece uh, for the Jedi Council website. If you don't know where it is, ladies and gentlemen, go to www.the-jedi-council.com. Um, I think it's on the opinion section, Dave, is that right? It is, yes. Yeah, go to the website, go and have a read because um, we are going to actually break, the, break, break his article down in a bit of detail, but we're going to have a discussion around the state of fandom on the back of that as well. Uh, so stay tuned for that in a little while. But first and foremost, we're going to jump into the news. Today, Disney did drop with Lucasfilm that on October the 4th, 2019, 
we're getting a triple false Friday. So for those of us that have been collecting for years and, and ever since the whole Disney acquisition, um, there's been a false Friday. And false Friday has generally been the first Friday for the most part in September uh, where they announce and release all the new toy ranges, uh, people kind of, we've seen people queue up outside Toys R Us, although that's obviously no, no longer a, a store anymore. Um, outside toy stores looking to get the latest and greatest Star Wars figures. Dave, you're a collector like myself, mate. When when you heard about this, what was you feeling? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I like collectibles a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm slightly excited. I'm, I'm, as we're talking, I'm actually reading about it. I've had a, a, a bit of a packed day at work today so i'm catching up actually on this um triple force friday thing so i'm just having a read now um yes so new collectibles for the film for the mandalorian and and ali was right for the ea game um fallen order yeah so it's, it's, it's a changing tactics yeah, it's it's a bit of a change in tact the way they, the way that Lucasfilm do this, and I, I genuinely think this is a really good thing for them to do. So, we all know that um, the Force Friday in the past has just been, for the most part, releasing of those collectibles for the next movie. So, I think the first one we saw was in um, twenty fifteen for when the Force Awakens came out, uh, and then there's always been a Force Friday every year. This year, though, to your point, Dave, yes, we are getting three different things that are getting released on that particular day. Number one is those collectibles that we just touched on. The second piece is the release of the Mandalorian TV show on the Disney Plus streaming app. Um, a lot of people have been waiting for anything to come out for that. You know, we've not even seen a trailer for that. Everyone's forgetting the hype around the fact that we've not seen the trailer for episode nine. We still haven't seen the trailer or anything for the Mandalorian, and that's going to come first. Uh, so obviously knowing that the Mandalorian is going to be dropping on October 4th as well. That's going to be pretty cool. And obviously, to your point there, Dave, yeah, the final piece of that particular Triple Force Friday is going to be the release of the EA Games uh, Jedi Fallen Order um, by EA. That's, that's a busy day for Star Wars fans. Um, I remember Force Friday when it, when it was the first one in 2015. Um, I was actually in Tokyo on vacation and I found a random department store that had a huge amount of Star Wars stuff. Um, sadly, I'm not going to be in Tokyo this year, but I'm going to have to make sure that I probably work from home that day so I can get to a toy store, whether that be an entertainer, Smives, or even my local comic book store here in Colchester, to, to kind of check that out. Um, Dave, when it comes to Fool's Friday in the past, like myself, you know, we, we aren't the kind of people that kind of camp out until midnight. But, no. you know, depending on... I mean, I'm going to assume we're going to see stuff, right? Um Knowing it, like I touched on in the intro, it is New York Toy Fair. I'm hoping we could actually see some New York Toy Fair exclusives this weekend to get us in the mood for October 4th. It kind of makes sense that they would do that. I mean, it's episode nine. We don't even know what we're getting yet, let alone all these these action figures. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty exciting. Oh, God, yeah. It's just this this year could be an absolutely massive year for Star Wars. Um, potentially turn around the 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 poor showing that hasbro have had in the last what 18 months or so which which we have discussed in the past uh, maybe give them a new lease of life so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to seeing what's going to come out of this i'm just just reading the article on the the star wars website itself and it, it's looking reading this um, brand new products inspired by all three of them. So it 
yeah. Um, as, as you said, we've not even yet seen a trailer for The Mandalorian, so we've got no idea, really, other than that one movie still that we've seen of the, the, the Mandalorian himself, or herself, I'm assuming himself, of what we're going to see there. Uh, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and, and obviously John Favreau keeps on dropping the old random picture um, yeah. on his Instagram feed. You know, we've seen pictures of IG-88 pop up. There was another picture a few weeks ago of R5. Um, so, yes. you know, there's there's these little tidbits that are kind of nodding back to um, the, the kind of original trilogy era. Um, and there was also a recent interview with, I'm going to butcher the guy's name, um, Tiki Tiaki. Watiti, or whatever his name is, the, the director for um, Thor Ragnarok. So he's, he's obviously a director uh, for this. And something that he said in a recent interview was it's very much on par with the original trilogy, uh, which is quite exciting, I, I think. And, you know, Ali, I know you're not a massive collector. Um, I know you're not really a massive computer game fan, but it's a pretty cool time, though. That that particular day, there's going to be a lot going on for Star Wars fans, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. I... I, I object to the computer game thing i've i've well i watch it more than play it but um i'm quite excited about the uh yeah how modern's that um (laughs) (laughs) i'm like totally a millennial with my char latte no um um no i'm quite excited about this video game because um ea's had a hugely bad time of it i mean ever since uh the last release came out and they put huge barriers to having main characters because you effectively had to pay for them. Mm. There's been absolutely huge backlash against the way that EA have handled Star Wars. And and I, I don't know if you've read about this proposed new game, but it says it's um, set with a lone Jedi Knight set after everyone else is killed. Is that after Order 66? I'm not sure. But how does that work when we know Kanan survived it and others survived it? It's, it's a very, mm. it's an interesting concept. Um how does that relate to the new films as well? Um, so yeah, I've, I think it's a really, really cool time. And I'm not, I'm not a huge collector, but I can appreciate them. And um, recently, obviously, Alex, we went to France and we found a huge treasure trove of mm. treasures that were originals from 20 years ago, still boxed. And that was stunning. That that was stunning. It was a lot of fun, I have to say. And it was, I mean, there were some really cool figures that we hadn't seen anywhere else, have we, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the issue that I had is that the store itself didn't take credit card or card oh. of any form. All they took was cash. Um, so we've gone in there, I've, I've gone in there with about a fiver of euros. Um, and I, could, no, I couldn't really buy anything. So I was somewhat... Somewhat gutted, um, but nevertheless, as well, you have permission to buy it. I know, I know. So I'm saving that for another day. Um, <laughs> but I, I you know, guess that explains why they had so much stock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the items that you could get, they were north of like 50 euros because they were such limited items, yeah. uh, and they were all in box. They weren't mint condition. All of them. Some were. Some of them were a little bit roughly around the edges so maybe near mint would probably be a better categorization some of them were a complete mess um but they were the ones that were like seven or eight euros but they were still unique items you know you, you can't just walk into a toy store these days and see these 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 figures anymore um the only place you'd probably see them is if you go to somewhere like celebration or the burnley fan day where you've got people out there selling their wares as it were yes um yeah 
because there, yeah. there was some force ghost stuff that you got really excited about yeah i've never actually seen this in the flesh um it was released about 15 20 years ago but it was effectively the final scene of, of return of the jedi which was the force ghosts of obi-wan yoda and anakin skywalker um and it wasn't hayden christensen anakin skywalker um, oh it was, yeah it was the original actor whose name has completely slipped my mind um it was just three of them in a, in a in a collectible piece uh and it was about 40 45 euros and i i would have snapped it up had i have had the cash but i didn't um which was a bit of a shame but nevertheless yeah it i got super excited because i've never seen it anywhere i am hoping next time i go back to to, to france and i go i know where the story is now so i've got no excuse um I'll actually go back there with, with purposely with about 50 euros just to make sure I get at least that, if, if not anything else. Um, <laughs> yeah, I bet it's still there. And I know we've already somehow managed to go off topic, but what was really cool about this store, Dave, was they were actually receiving things when we were there. So they were people were coming so- in and selling them. Like, we saw that Darth Vader, didn't we, Alex, which had just come in. Um, Kota Boyaki. Yes. Figure of Darth Vader. Um, and I didn't, I think we figured out that we're, we're but because obviously the guys in there don't really speak a lot of English. <laughs> so kindly was with, with, with Ali's other half, Aileen, who is pretty much fluent in French. So she kind of was the translator a little bit, but when you're trying to get the Star Wars terminology translated into French, so the guy who owns <laughs> the store understands what you're talking about, uh, it just becomes a point of uh, where you actually point at what you're looking for and go, Darth Vader, um, because generally speaking, that's well known everywhere. Uh, but yeah, it, it 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 was super cool, and definitely need to go back. Oh, oh. But yeah, right. we've kind of slipped off topic off topic a little bit again. But well, it's all relative. Let's be honest, because a Star Wars and be talking about collectibles, which definitely relates back to to Fool's Friday. Um, well, I, I was going to say, um, just linking into what we were discussing at the beginning of this thing and, and to do with the Mandalorian. Um, I've just finally seen um, season four of Rebels. And the end of that is, obviously I won't, be, I won't spoil this for anybody that's not seen it, but you have... A it's a year old, Dave. I think you can. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Can spoil it. okay. Okay, you, you have you have that little bit of a monologue right at the very end by Sabine that's saying after the war, after the Battle of Endor, she then, Ahsoka, who, who's obviously still alive, spoiler, um, she comes to collect her to go looking for Ezra. Now that's set potentially when the Mandalorian's set. Yeah, so we know at the end of Rebels that Again, Ezra takes Thrawn off into the outer rim and whatnot, and we know that Sabine goes off hunting. That's probably the wrong word. Searching is a better word. Yeah. Um, for for Ezra um, with with the assistance of Ahsoka. Yeah. So she could pop up. It's the timeline is is spot on at the same mm. time. To be fair, because she she mentions it's a few years after the end of the Battle of Endor. Um, and Ahsoka comes for her to, to go looking and we know that the Mandalorian is set what five years after the Battle of Endor absolutely yeah yeah. 
So there's no reason why, and, and the Mandalorian is being positioned as being out on the, the, the outer rim. Yeah, never know. You can imagine some random blue person popping up in the first episode, just walking in the background, and yeah. people going, that's Thrawn. I mean, whether or not it could be, who knows, but um, it could be Will Smith's genie after the Aladdin trailer the other day. You never know. Yeah, but, true. <laughs> um, but that, but that also a... ties into the fact that we, we were debating whether um, the actress, uh, I can't remember her name now, um, Gina, um, whether she could actually be Sabine. Yeah, and we, we discussed that not, I think it wasn't on the last podcast, it was the yeah. one before that. So yeah, guys, yeah. listen, you know, if you want to find out that discussion, I think it was one of the ones we did in December uh, of 2018, uh, just for reference. But yeah, we, we kind of went into the detail a little bit more when we found out more about The Mandalorian and what it's going to be about. And the fact that it's been released on that Friday, I might have to take the day off work. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um <laughs> Just to kind of, if, if if Disney follows suit of of like a Netflix or Amazon Prime and they make every single episode available, I'm going to binge the hell out of it that week, that weekend. Um, I might even just clear my diary. I'll, I'll send my wife off for the weekend. She can go and stay in a hotel in London or go away with her mum. And I'm just going to stay at home and watch The Mandalorian and, and, and look at my action figures in their box because I think that's going to be an amazing weekend. <laughs> Your idea of an amazing weekend is to look at your box figures. And the Mandalorian TV show, yes. Okay, just checking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a simple man. Um, I'm a simple Star Wars fan. That's fine by me. Um, and you know what's the worst thing about it? I'm not the only person that's probably thinking that either. So no, no. I'm, I'm in good company. Dave's probably too afraid to say it, but I probably think you might think the same. The, the difference being that you'll be admiring your boxed ones. I'll probably be playing with my unboxed ones. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> yes, we are oh, not going to go down that path again of the, having the debate about the, the merits of keeping your figures boxed and unboxed. Um, we've never actually had that debate on air, Dave, have we? Let's be honest. We've not. We've not. We'll, we'll save that for a different podcast because you know this show is going to be quite long as it is. Like, and I'm adding that to the agenda. Yes. Um, and then obviously the third part is going to be uh, the EA game. Ali, you've got a you've got a PlayStation Four, right? Yep. Yeah, like you said, I know you use it as more of a of a Blu-ray player. I'm I'm still lagging. I still have a PlayStation Three, um, my my first generation PlayStation Three that I bought two days after release. Um, it's still going, Touchwood, um, and I'm on these. I'm not going to change it unless it breaks. You, I'll get the yellow light of death tomorrow. I'm sure of it now. But um, I might have to get your review on that one, mate, rather than my own. Delighted to delighted to provide it. Or I can come out to yours and we can play it, one or two. That'll do. That'll do as well. Perfect. Uh, my, my brothers always buy them as soon as they come out, so that's actually how I end up watching it quite a lot. So you're more than welcome. More than welcome. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. And obviously that, that kind of ties in nicely to some of the other news topics that have kind of been released uh, over the past kind of couple of days. Obviously today was announced also that episode nine has, has kind of finished filming. Now, I didn't. I haven't seen anything. I don't know where I've been. I must have been under a rock today. Um, but I haven't seen this anywhere. Um, guys, I'm going to hand this one over to you because I've got no idea who, who kind of announced it. Where's it been? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of flying blind at the moment. It's JJ Abrahams on his Twitter yeah. feed. That's, that's, that's a really good source of information, that isn't it? Really, it's pretty decent one. It's yeah. possibly the horse's mouth, isn't it? Really. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he actually put up a quite a good photo, didn't he? Of um, Ball hugging, yeah. 
and John Berenger. So it's 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 really nice moment. Obviously, we've heard from um, some of the other stars um, recently that they finished filming within the last couple of weeks. So we knew it was coming, mm. but um, still, I think an important landmark now. So you know, we're counting down the days now, really, aren't we, to the next film? It's not that long. Yeah, because I. Yeah, I've seen that Anthony Daniels has posted a couple of cryptic tweets, hasn't he? Um, yes. About wrapping up of filming, I know, and you kind of see people's reaction to that. It's like, oh no, is, is, is 3PO going to die? And this, that, and the other. And Dave, we all know that you're the 3PO fanboy here. And, you know, <laughs> God forbid anything happens to 3PO in episode nine, right? No, no, they couldn't do that to them. I heard they were going to kill him off and Lando <laughs> and. <laughs> and <laughs> And everyone Dave loves. <laughs> Whoever was left of the original trilogy. So we've got Lando, 3PO, R2 and Chewie all going to die. Bang, Every done. single one of them. I'm just going to kill Luke again. <laughs> They'll kill his false coast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, no, well, it's, it's good to know that kind of JJ is, 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 it's coming from him. You know, there was, there was a huge kerfuffle this week. Um, this wasn't on the on the agenda, but I'm going to quickly throw it in as a curveball anyway. But this week in particular, where there was a website, it's like Comic Book Bros or something like that, broke this news story that Ryan Johnson's trilogy that he's apparently filming has been cancelled and he himself is walking away from Lucasfilm and never working with them again. That was on maybe on Tuesday, Wednesday of this week. Um, and... Everybody that hated The Last Jedi was delighted. You, you know, there was fireworks going off. It was like the end of The uh, Phantom Menace when <laughs> when everything's on Naboo and they're cheering. Um, at the, not at the end of Phantom Menace, at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Um, and all of a sudden, the next day, Ryan Johnson himself actually puts out a tweet to say, this is completely wrong. I'm still working on the trilogy. Calm down, basically. Um which then in, turn, then in turn made all the fanboys of The Last Jedi let off their fireworks as well. So they was all going for it. Um, it you know, when it's this he says, she says, rumour mill, or this is a reliable source within Lucasfilm, blah, blah, blah. Until it comes from the horse's mouth, like what it did today from, from JJ, I'm, I'm very cynical because I don't know who to believe or not, especially in this world of, I don't want to use a Donald Trump phrase, fake meat, fake news, but... It's kind of what it is. Um, as soon as you write an article that says we have a reliable source, all of a sudden that becomes gospel. Uh, and and, that, and the, the, the Star Wars fandom kind of felt sucker for that this week with this whole news about Ryan Johnson. Um, yeah, for him to then come out and say, no, you were wrong, I'm still doing it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, and guys, we've all seen the reaction this week. And I don't want to jump in it too much because obviously one of the topics is the, the, fan, the state of fandom at the moment that we're going to touch on from everything that's gone on this week as well. But Dave, I know we had a bit of a conversation thinking, yes, I can't believe it's being cancelled. That's great news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I think we might have been in the camp of letting off fireworks yeah. on the first day as opposed to the second day. Yeah, yeah. So for, for, for the new listeners, that have, this is your first listen. Um, for, for those of you that want to know our feelings on The Last Jedi, go back a year in time. <laughs> no, go to our iTunes uh, feed or our SoundCloud page where all of our podcasts are hosted. You will see we did three reviews of The Last Jedi, uh, equaling around six hours, which is obviously twice the length of the movie. So we kind of elongate these conversations. Uh, and just to kind of put a, a point on it, 
the Galaxies of Edge, Galaxies of Edge, um, Galaxy of Adventures episode that we're going to talk about later on last a minute and 20 seconds, yet we're going to probably digest it for about 30. Alex, can I make two points, sorry, on, the, on that tweet? Go for it. So the first one is, is <clears throat> and I think I've said this before, I'm not as anti as you guys are of him doing a trilogy as long as it stays way away from any previous material. I, I, I think he could do a good job of that. I'm not, I'm not as anti as, as you are on that. But what I would more like to point out is, is that I think this is another classic case of what I would regard as perhaps more Lucasfilm than Disney, but discipline breaking down. There is yeah. no way that they would have wanted the announcement that Ryan Johnson was confirmed, Ryan Johnson was confirming that he was going to be directing a brand new trilogy on Twitter in reaction to a post of some spiritless information. There's no way they would have wanted a big thing happening at Celebration or on a call or something like that. And it's just incredible to me that this continues to happen from Lucasfilm, where there is no discipline on Twitter whatsoever. They don't follow the company line and they just come out with whatever they want, whenever they want. And I just, I cannot believe that this continues to happen. I, I would agree with that because if you think this year is a massive year for them, with regards to episode nine coming out and the Mandalorian, that that I think is going to make or break Lucasfilm going forwards. So they don't want to muddy the water with a potentially contentious Ryan Johnson tweet. I just I just don't see why. If, if you are in a professional capacity, you'd be so riled by the idea. And it's not like anyone else hasn't said that it's cancelled because it's been widely out there that everyone thinks it's been cancelled because we've heard no news whatsoever from anyone. So to confirm it on the back of being annoyed about an article that was out there, I'm, I'm trying to find a better word than petty um, to respond to those tweets. There's no need. There's absolutely no need. You just have to ignore that. And then at Celebration, you stand up there. The people that love The Last Jedi will applaud him. The people that didn't might give him a second chance. Some might not, as long as it's not connected with the Skywalker saga. And draw a line under it. Why would you Why would you inflame the fans? I mean, there's an article um, in Esquire today about how Star Wars fans are already trying to kill Rian Johnson's new trilogy. And that's the headline, which is just so unnecessary. Um, and it's all because of ill discipline on Twitter that I don't think many other corporates would accept. And, and let's be honest, it's not the first time we've seen this. No, not, um, no, not at all. Not at all. Is, and, is, this, is this potentially part of our main topic? I don't. I don't think this one is because this is this is not fan. I mean, I did touch slightly on fan because it gave the chance for people to respond. But my point is, is that you would think by now, and with the amount of heat, let's say Disney Lucasfilm have had in the last year from various factions, they would have such a tight control of their social media policy that mistakes like this would not happen anymore. And it is a mistake. It's an absolute mistake. I just find it fascinating that it keeps happening. It's, it's him having a knee-jerk reaction. Um, and, again, it, this might lend into, da- into the conversation that we're going to have, but wasn't it him that said the word man-babies first? Or it's have I completely possible. made that up? I'm it's not possible. Sure. It's possible, I don't know. He has I know, used it, though. He yeah, has used it. By him using it, it becomes an acceptable term. But he did it on the back of everything that happened with The Last Jedi. Now, I know he's got a right to stick up for himself. Fair play. 
But to kind of dig out your own fans the way that he did, to your point, Ali, does indeed have an ill discipline of Twitter, and he's done it all over again. That's um, what I mean. I, d- I sort of don't. I sort of separate last year from this year because what's important is if you make that mistake, you don't do it again. No. So, so you make the mistake and you sort of put your hands up and go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. That that's that's really bad. But then to do it again on this, it's just like, mm. why? Why would you do this? Doesn't that why? Beg the There's question? no reason. But doesn't right. it beg the question that maybe somebody didn't tell him it was a bad idea? Maybe somebody. Need... I'm sorry. No way. You would you know, these people are so mean. Uh, if you're a PR person, uh, Ali, as, as I know that you are. You know, in, in this particular instance, he's going out there, he's making it known that he's still doing it. Yes, Lucasfilm might not want it, but from his own personal PR, he's, you know, he's, he's telling yeah, well, the world what he's doing. A comment, that brings me back to a comment that I made earlier, that Ryan Johnson's view seems to be any PR is good PR. Yeah, but, you know, anyone who goes in front of cameras to promote any film has been heavily media trained, Alex, to the nth degree on how to behave, how to answer questions. There will be scripts, there will be ways of doing it. And if he has had this commission, which appears to be the case, there is no way that they were not going to announce that. He should should be on his contract. I'm not. Yeah. yeah, I'm not disagreeing. He's, he's, he's not a freelancer. He's under contract now. No, I'm, 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 not, not, I'm not saying you're discreet. I'm just saying, like, it just, you're absolutely right. It might be because of my job that I just find it so frustrating. But I find the act almost more annoying mm. than the content <laughs> from a professional perspective. So I am, I'm sorry, I slightly ranted there. but I, <laughs> you, Mate, you're not going to be the first person on this podcast that will rant. Let's put it that way. Uh, you, you're not going to be the last either. Can I go back to the film as well, like finish being recorded today? Mm. Okay, so you know how we've had, and this is a theory, by the way, which I haven't discussed with you before, which I've been thinking about. You know how we've had absolutely no news, and we spoke about it at length on the last episode, maybe the one before as well, on Star Wars recently, and it's quite disturbing that we still know nothing about the film that's coming out in 2020 yet, if there is one, because they might be focusing on Galaxy's Edge and the new series. I've been thinking more and more about this. Do you remember at the beginning of filming where they said there might be a part one and two? Would yeah. it surprise anyone if the big announcements at Celebration was good news, we've not just filmed one episode, we've filmed two? They've spent a long time filming this now, and I'm thinking more and more, is that going to be an announcement? Like in 2019, we have part one, and 2020, we have part two. Just putting it out there as like a sort of a, an idea, and I wonder what you guys thought about that, because... Disney are too clever not to have a marketing strategy in place by now. And I'm thinking, well, that would sort of fill that gap quite nicely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Twilight. Well, it's, it's popular. Yeah. Twilight did it. Harry Potter did it. Um, why am I thinking of another film that, that slipped my mind? But it's happened with other major studios. So Avengers, Alex, Avengers. <laughs> well, technically not because it's it's it, they're two separate films. It was part one and part two. Everyone initially, initially was yeah. But it anyway, <laughs> unless unless Star Wars do that again and they call it episode nine and episode ten, which I don't think they would. I'd prefer that though. 
Well, again, we've had this discussion on a previous podcast, didn't we? Again, yeah, this was uh, about three or four podcasts ago, guys, for, for those of you that want to kind of listen to this. I really should have made notes. But if, I, if you'd have told me we were going to talk about this earlier, I could have dug out the, the episode numbers. But anyway, um, it's it's an interesting way to do this because it's never been done before in Star Wars. It goes against the trilogy concept of three movies that make up the saga. And for me, and again, I kind of said this in the past, but I wouldn't, it's not that I wouldn't like it. More Star Wars than Maria, I've said that before. But if we are going to go with tradition of three prequels, three originals, three sequels, because that's the way Star Wars is, was, should be, can be, that's personally my preference for this. Now, if we get to the point where we get episode 9.1 and episode 9.2, and they are both amazing movies, I'm not going to care. I think that's always the important part and and the kind of crux of my feeling is that give me all the Star Wars you want as long as it's good. It's quality, isn't it? I I mean, I'm really wanting to focus more on the idea of that there's so much black space. Have Disney actually got something up their sleeve that would make everyone sit up and go, oh, they did know what they were doing. And that's the big twist in it all. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Would we, I think it would be a huge win for Disney if it turned out that that was the case, that they've decided, you know what, we haven't quite handled the Skywalker saga with the care that it should have been. And, and actually, we're going to give you two more to finish it up satisfactorily, because I don't know how they can do it in two and a half hours. Yeah, no, I'll I, I take your point. And I think... We're, from a trailer perspective or from a making of the movie perspective to, to use Marvel as a good counterpoint that that was announced a while ago that it was going to be that way whereas this is keeping it incredibly close to their chest um, I'd like to think to your point that, market, that, that Disney do have a marketing strategy, marketing ploy of some description although after what's come out this week that the only person that knows the title of the movie is J.J. Abrahams um, you know, maybe not. Who knows? Maybe they don't know what they're doing and therefore are not releasing anything because they don't know what to release. You don't believe that, though, do you? I mean, that's just classic trying to fill column inches. Um, I, no, I <laughs> there is no that. way. There is no way the Disney head honchos don't know and don't have an input in that. Of course they don't. I know. Yeah. It. You know. All we, all we know is what we get told, right? Allegedly. But we have been fans of the saga for long enough. We have seen what's happened in the past with Marvel, with Disney movies. I mean, let's be honest, the Frozen sequel, the teaser trailer for that only got released this week, and that's coming out in November. So we ain't getting a trailer for Episode 9 until at least end of March, April time, which is celebration time. But are we going to get a trailer for 9.1? Or are we going to get a trailer for nine? Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I, w- I was personally shocked that there was nothing in the Super Bowl at all in Star Wars. Uh, uh, I'm not. I, no, I mean anything, like even a promo for Galaxy's Edge or something. I was well, quite shocked. Everything that is in the Super Bowl trailers were movies that are dropping before August. Because why would you drop a trailer for something that's going to happen in December when it's still only in January? It's, it's too early. And when Not you think all the, super, 
All the Super Bowl trailers were still only 30 seconds anyway. That's what I mean. But, but I mean, like, a, something to do with Star Wars, like the Mandalorian. It could have been anything, but it wasn't there at all. When you or, did have two yeah. Marvel films in there. Yeah. Or I was going to say, or even, like, you know, like the way that they did the, the movie reel type thing, where they just showed shots from it and scenes without it actually being a proper trailer. I just, I, I just want to, you know, it's just an observation that I really thought there would be, I don't think a lot of people did, that Star Wars would have something at the biggest event in America with the widest audience, but there was nothing. So it does build the anticipation, but and, uh, it's but just, some, yeah. I don't know, simultaneously, why, why would they just put it on that when two months later, or two and a bit months later, yeah. they're going to have a five-day convention, not even four days, five-day convention that is purely it's, for the Star Wars fan. With an but attendance of audience. hardly anything compared to the near yeah. 100 million that watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, but yeah, it's, why? It's, that's why. It doesn't have the same, it doesn't have the same yeah. coverage. Yeah. Yes, no, when, the coverage. Coverage, it's, no. It's, and that's Attent- what it's all about. It's all well, about the numbers. Let, put yourself in the, in the shoes of a Disney exec, right? You've got a bunch of annoyed fans from what's happened with episode eight. The way that Solo was handled, you have clearly <laughs> the fans. Um, um, but that is effectively what you've done. So you need to do something that is really going to make the fans feel special, loved, if you want to call it that. Why would you drop a 30-second trailer for, let's be honest, how many Star Wars fans are going to watch the Super Bowl? Now, I know if you know that a trailer is going to come, you'll watch it. But for the most part, the people that are watching it are going to go, okay. But if you wait a couple of months, you're going to drop a trailer to a bunch of people that will love and appreciate it a hell of a lot more than general public. And they're the people that you need to win over. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you, no, you don't. don't. Because I, they'll, they'll go and watch it anyway. Yeah, you need I'm, the general I'm, public I'm to watch it. Yeah, but we said that about Solo. Exactly. Did, that but did they did, no, but that's the point. That's they that, didn't go and watch that's Solo. Where it went wrong. That's where it went wrong with Solo. Exactly. They didn't market it. They didn't attract the audience of the casual viewers. They didn't market it to the people who didn't know it was coming. So the Super Bowl, and with Ali on this, the Super Bowl is the opportunity to to hit the public who've not heard anything out of Star Wars for 18 months and the last thing they heard out of Star Wars was so negative. And to go back to the point, I'm not suggesting it had to be a trailer. It literally could have been like a still of the Mandalorian, a still of Galaxy's Edge, a still of the new film, something like that. Just to be like Star Wars is still here, guys. <laughs> but let, let's be there. honest, if you put uh, a 30 second snippet of Galaxy's Edge, if you put a 30 second snippet of the Mandalorian that will ex- that will get the exposure, yeah. But for uh, the people are going to look at it and go, okay, great. There's not going to be any hype about it because it isn't as high profile. Let's be honest, as That's episode well. nine, or even yeah. To your point, Dave, everybody loved Infinity War. So when the Infinity War trailer dropped during the Ali- Super Bowl, oh, are you guys still there? Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah. I just oh, said right. Ali isn't. No, no, I was here. I was here. <laughs> no, no, sorry. You're not a fan of, of Infinity War. Oh, no, no. Yeah. But I think but I think Alex, Alex, sorry, sorry, if you continue your point, because I think I know where this is going. And I think oddly we're going to agree, but look at it completely differently. 
I've completely lost all train of thought of what I was going to say. Okay, what you were saying is is that the Infinity Wars trailer dropped and immediately it was trending number one on Twitter yes. and everyone was getting so hyped for it around the world, not just Super Bowl people. And yes. that would have happened exactly the same with Star Wars trending number one around the world if they'd done a single thing. But they didn't. Maybe. Um, I'm skeptical, okay, but maybe. You potentially also got... To... to, to, to go with that disney owned both so it's possible that disney took that control and that decision not to interfere with infinity war that's a fair point that's a fair yeah. point that's a fair point well you've got yeah infinity war is dropping in april episode nine is dropping in december yeah. what are you gonna, you're gonna you're gonna focus on and captain yeah. marvel's in march you're gonna focus on the movie that's dropping earlier yeah that, that could be it. Maybe Disney didn't want to interfere with their marketing steamroller for Marvel. Well, the amount of money that Infinity War cleaned up last year and the amount of money they're projecting it's going to make this year. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, they, they threw in the Toy Story 4 trailer as well. But again, you know? that's low key. That's low key in a completely different audience demographic. Whereas your Marvel and your Star Wars have got a broadly overlapping demographic. I know what I mean is that they were focusing on the movies that are happening sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. How long have they been sitting on the Frozen trailer? Yet that dropped this week when the Super Bowl was, what, two weeks ago? True. But they clearly didn't want to drop it then because of the exposure for movies that are happening sooner rather than later. We'll it's, all, it's all if, buts and maybes, isn't it, I suppose? I get it, but it, I, I mean, I... My initial point was just that I was fairly surprised that if you look at the flagpole events of the year, you know, you're right, Frozen's one of them, Toy Story is absolutely massive, and then you've got Marvel and Star Wars, and there was only one that was missing out of those lot. Now, you had Marvel, you didn't have Star Wars. The other reason why I... And if if I'm wrong about this, then I'm happy to be corrected. But the other reason why I'm not surprised, I don't think I've ever seen a episode Star Wars movie trailer dropped during the Super Bowl. There was none for Episode Eight, and there was none for Episode Seven. Fair enough. Why all of a sudden would they break it and do it for Episode Nine? They did for Solo. Yeah, Solo. Because Solo came out in May. No, that's true. That's true. But then the flip of that is Star Wars has had bad press compared to Marvel. So maybe it needs that boost of getting out there with the mass market so that the, the casual viewers know it's coming. Whereas everyone knows that Infinity War is coming. Or maybe they're just going to focus on releasing the trailer to give it a bigger pomp and circumstance than what it's going to get because we've got celebration in april we've got comic-con in july and then we've got d23 which is the disney expo in august they've got three massive opportunities to drop something episode nine related in any of those three and it will be focal point of any of their panels that they have at any one three of those events I, I, i don't disagree with that i don't disagree with that but all of those are focused events none of them are mass market the same as super bowl how often do they drop it at a convention and all of a sudden it's on YouTube five minutes later? Yeah. It will be. It will be, no doubt. No doubt. But as I realise we are going so far off topic here and I don't <laughs> want to repeat stuff we've had before. <laughs> but like, as Andy said, and as I think 
I genuinely believe as well. I think a lot of people have been turned off from Star Wars in the last couple of years that are casual fans. Yeah. Um, and that's the point is, is that you have your core audience and obviously that core audience is prepared not to buy toys if they're rubbish, as we said earlier, or collectibles, whatever you want to say. If the quality of product isn't there, if the awareness isn't there, Star Wars is not 100% bulletproof anymore. No. And just because it's Star Wars does not mean people turn up. You yeah. could argue after the prequels it was never bulletproof since then anyway, but that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, yeah, but then it, it was resurrected with Force Awakens. You could argue that, that the amount of people that then went to see The Last Jedi was still massive. It was still, it was, it was still a fairly unsinkable ship before The Last Jedi. Whereas there was a massive hole blown in the side of it, the last Jedi. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to do that, and we should probably move on. Sorry, my fault. Well, I didn't want to point the finger at you, mate. But um, yeah, no. <laughs> it's, <laughs> the, it's a Jedi Council podcast. It always goes off topic, but still remains on topic in the fact that it's all about Star Wars, anyway. So, um, however. It does link in quite nicely, to be fair, because the other thing that was uh, announced recently, and this this is quite interesting. So we all are aware that, especially after today's False Friday announcement of The Mandalorian is coming on October the 4th, um, Disney's Disney Plus streaming app that it's going to be shown on is dropping summer of this year. We don't know when. I don't think there's been an official announcement. Um, I don't even know it's going to be dropping in the UK. Um, I know the app's going to be released in the States first. Um but what has kind of been coming through the media uh, and various different reportings is that in April, the day before the start of Star Wars Celebration, there is going to be a meeting of Disney execs. And these execs are gathering like they do every quarter. They recently did one uh, at the back end of January. We we're talking about um, first quarter profits and this, that and the other. And uh, I don't know if you guys heard or any of the listeners, but Bob Biger apparently made a famous quote saying, I'm not going to do any marketing for Galaxy's Edge because everybody knows what it is anyway, um, which is a fair point. Uh, <laughs> they, the amount of people they're expecting to go to see Galaxy's Edge um, in California first and then obviously with Florida after, it it will make more money and there'll be more people seeing it than there will be any of the movies. I, I think that's kind of clear from what Disney are expecting and going to the parks the way I do and as frequently as I do, I completely agree with that. Um, that will be the widest range of audience people that you're going to get. You're going to get the Disney nuts that aren't really interested in Star Wars. They're going to rock up to Galaxy's Edge and go, oh my God, this is great. Well, I hope they do anyway. But where I'm going with this is that at that particular next meeting in April, it's the day before Star Wars Celebration, they are going to give those execs a preview of The Mandalorian. We don't know if it's a trailer. We don't know if it's going to be a full episode. And then we're also going to get a working beta version of the Disney Plus streaming app. Now, knowing that celebration is literally starting the following day, one would like to think that those lucky people who are attending celebration, sadly, nobody from the Jedi Council is attending. Um, they are going to get a trailer for The Mandalorian. And I really hope that's when it drops because I would be super excited if that happens, guys. I don't know about you. Well, the sooner the better. <laughs> it does yeah. find a loop in. To our episode nine conversation just a minute ago, to be fair, but yeah, but I mean, there, there, I mean, there are several trailers obviously that could happen there. Clone Wars, 
Yep. The Cassie's yep. Andal series. There's a lot of trailers for him to get through. It's a very interesting celebration in the fact that it's not just focused on one commodity, i.e. the next big movie, but there's so much going in parallel with it at the same time. You know, is there going to be at some point an announcement on, as you said, what happened at the end of Rebels, Dave? That was left so open-ended. At some point, they've got oh, to come back to it. You've still got Resistance going along. so And we know a second series has been commissioned mm-hmm. for that. There could be a trailer for that as well. It's a very interesting celebration because they've diversified the Star Wars portfolio greater than at any other time. Computer games, comics, the whole lot. They have, but this is probably the first time there's been so many screen-based products all knocking about at the same time. Because you've you've had periods in the past where there's books. You've had periods in the past where there's books and animation. You've had times in the past where there's been books and films. I think this is the first time that we're seeing every channel. So you've you've got cinema, you've got TV, you've got the... the, um, You've got YouTube channel content, such as the Galaxy's Adventures. You've got um, comic book. You've got novels. um, You've got computer games. um, You've even got apps. And and, and pretty much you've got every channel being covered Mm. now. It's funny. I think that's the reason why we're getting celebration this year being five days rather than four. Because... There is so much going on for 2019 in the Star Wars universe. Um, it's funny on the on the last podcast I, I mentioned of uh, a friend of mine who said to me, "Isn't Star Wars dead?" <laughs> when you put it on paper and <laughs> when you look at it all, it's very much alive. It is, for the most part, outside of the movie universe. Yeah. Ironically, which is where it all started. It's, it's a good time to be alive. It's a good time to be a fan. There's so much material out there for so many different interests. And so many ways to consume it as well. Yeah. Which I think makes it a hell of a lot more interesting. As a counter-argument to that, I've, I've kind of seen people say that because there are so much, so many channels to consume it and it's all kind of interlinked, people feel that there's a, a fear of missing out. You know, there's books that are linked into the rebels tv show there are characters that are appearing in clone wars that if you haven't seen them they pop up in rebels you're gonna think oh who the hell is that um and there's comic books that tie into the movie there are comic books that tie into this there are novels that tie into the comic books and then there are tv shows that are on the back of a television show back on the on the back of a movie you know there are so many ways you can look at this and dissect it um but it's it to your point dave it's a really good time to be a Star Wars fan. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. There's, there's so many different things you can look at, so many different things you can, you can get into the brand with. Mm. And that kind of kind of leads on to the next couple of news episodes. I kind of want to get through these a little bit quicker so we can jump onto the topic of the week. But um, this weekend is New York Toy Fair. Uh, for those of you lucky enough to live on in New York or visiting, um, I fully expect some form of Star Wars-ish toys to get get announced this weekend. But one thing that kind of caught caught your eye, Dave, was the um, the new announcement by Hasbro on the hyper real figures. That that kind of really caught your eye. Yes, 
Yes. <laughs> um, I, I, again, I've, I've seen a little bit of mixed reaction of this online, but I'm I'm really positive about this. The they are the the hyper real figures by Hasbro. So we've we've had the the standard three and three quarter inch. Um, Hasbro then moved into uh, the six inch with the black series, whilst also still doing black black series uh, three and three quarters and standard three and three quarters. Um, historically, you've got the old Kenner line, which were the twelve inch ones, um, and you you also when Hasbro first took over the brand of Kenner, um, they released for a while the the twelve inch ones, of which I've got a number. But no, there's a brand new format coming. Um, it's the eight-inch hyper-real figures. Um, I've had a, I've I've seen the Vader one. I think it's the only one that's that's currently been announced, or or where there's there's product shots of it, and it it looks good. I mean, I like it. Um, it is of a similar size. We've, we've already discussed this offline, Alex, but it's a similar size to the movie realisation figures mm. from Bandai. Yeah. Um, and a similar price point as well, which is a massive jump for Hasbro. So, it arguably, all of the figures that we have seen in the past from Hasbro could legitimately be called toys first even the black series they're expensive toys yeah. but they could still be classed as toys because they're they're at a price point where a a, a child with a bit of spending money saved up or as a birthday present or as a christmas present could still be classed as a toy yes they're better quality than than the standard three and three quarters yes they're more expensive and there's there's more um um, articulation and the figures and, and what have you so they appeal to the collectors more so maybe than the three and three quarters but the pricing is still positioned them as a toy whereas the pricing for this this new hyper real one for me puts it firmly as a collector piece not as a toy what do you think yeah i'd agree with that um so the estimated price point for this is Seventy nine ninety nine, and that's dollars, by the way. So um, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. So for the most part, us over here in the UK will probably get it for seventy nine ninety nine pounds, or if there is an adjustment, it'll probably be about eighty five, uh, knowing, yeah. knowing the way we are. But it it becomes it does become a collectible, um, and you will not get every kid going into a, a, a store wherever they buy their collectibles from, you know, got $10, 10 pounds in their pocket for a pocket money. Oh, there's a free and free quarter Luke Skywalker. That I've not got, I'm going to pick that up. This is going to be one of those items that are for the collector, or they're going to be a kid who's got like birthday money or Christmas money or something like that, that they are willing to spend but, on something that yeah. expensive. But they're not going to have a lot of them. No, it's, no. It's, it's firmly positioned this one at the adults, I think. Yeah, and especially when you look at what you get for your money. Um, so, you know, Dave, you've got a huge collection of the uh, the Bandai figures. Um, I only have the Boba Fett. Um, but when you look at what you get with them, the extra hands, the positioning, the extra weapons, 
it's yeah. not an out of the box toy that you open and start to play with. It's something that you can position. It's something that you can admire for want of a better word. Um, and it, I, we joked about this earlier on, but if I pick this up, I'm going to take it out of the box because it looks so cool that you want, you want it on display. Yes, you do. It, it's, it's yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Totally agree. It's like the Bandai figures. Yeah, ironically though, I've not actually taken on my uh, Boba Fett one out of the box for that yet. Um, <laughs> so I've kind of contradicted myself there somewhat. But I don't know. There's something about this that looks really good. Um, I haven't seen the release date for it. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that at all yet, Dave. Um, I'm at a Disney store or a Disney park, and I see it. I'm going to pick it up. It looks so cool, and it's Darth Vader as well. So they've picked a very good guinea pig. Um, they have because. This, while you don't see, you know, you're not going to see the expression on his face, right? But you get his hands, the lightsaber. Um, you, Dave, you commented that there's one of the hands that has like the blue blaster color, as if yes. he's blocking the blaster from. Um, it reminds me of the pose from Empire Strikes Back where Han tries to shoot him on Cloud yes. City. Um, you know, there's there's that level of detail when you look at the pictures. They are absolutely amazing. Um, um, we've probably lost Ali because we're rabbiting on about collections and he doesn't have one. <laughs> no, 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 you haven't. You haven't at all. You haven't at all. So because... are you going to buy one? Absolutely not. But um, <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, but, um, yeah, if you want to, great, great. Um, but, I, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. You know how I like to look beyond the, the news headlines for this sort of thing? And have you seen about just how... Hasbro's profit earnings were so far down on expectations this year. Like it came mm. out a week ago that they expected to make around 1.5 billion, they made 1.3 billion. Okay, not small change at all. But the fact is, the liquidation of um, Toys R Us, even though we went to one in France very recently, and mm. the fact that there is uh, has been no Star Wars film in December has meant that they have been hit so hard. And I always like to look beyond at these points to think, okay, when these things happen, it can be a wake-up call and a rethink and a rejig of strategy. Because, I mean, you guys probably know this. I think there's some controversy right now about Star Wars toys being re-released. So collectors who bought them in the first run, who have bought rather than to collect, but to speculate and add value, are now having this situation where Hasbro are releasing the toys five ten years on later and it's impacting prices i find all that kind of stuff quite interesting that makes me really geeky doesn't it yep don't worry i think i think you're in good company i was gonna say being on a being a geek on a podcast about star wars is pretty geeky enough so therefore uh you're fine (laughs) but it's good to know that you're not gonna buy one though i bought one lightsaber in my life but you, you actually have a collectible. Okay, so what happened was, <laughs> after my favourite film came out, I was 21, and I worked at a leisure centre at the time, and me and my friend realised that if we bought two lightsabers and the Darth Vader mask, we could turn all the lights off in the main hall of the leisure centre and have a proper lightsaber fight, like in the films. <laughs> and it really did. So you'd have, he'd put the mask on and you'd have, and we'd be for like 10 minutes. And then we'd go and watch it on the security cameras afterwards. Was that your impression of Darth Vader? <laughs> oh, of course not. Of course not. 
it was. Oh. <laughs> but there you go. There you go. I had a collectible. And do you know do what you... I did? I did the right thing and I gave it to a child when I got to turn 25. <laughs> I can't believe you actually just said that. The you right can. thing. You can. <laughs> yeah, I've known you long enough. Yeah, I do know that actually. Yeah, you're right. But <laughs> that's... <sighs> I, okay, a very important question before we move on to the topic of the week. What lightsaber was it? Which one? What was the hilt and what colour was it? Have a guess. Red. Anakin Skywalker's. Obviously. That's exactly right, Dave. And I'm just going with the Darth Vader mask on, put it that way. I'm quite short, so the tall guy wore the Darth Vader mask. Uh, Aren't aren't you a little short (laughs) to be a Darth Vader? (laughs) I told you, yes, yes. I was too short to be a stormtrooper in... uh, (laughs) Actually, maybe that's why I hate Rogue One. I haven't thought about that. Because <laughs> of your subconscious rejection of being a stormtrooper? Yeah. I was too short. <laughs> oh, bless you. Pardon? Bless you. I know. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. You poor little man. Oh, poor little thing. <laughs> Next time I see you, I'm going to put my hand on your head and ruffle your hair a little bit. Wow. <laughs> Mate. Does that make it? Does that does that make him Yoda? What? He's got more hair than Yoda, to be fair. Yeah. Has he? Uh, yeah, he's yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's more, more hair than Dave. Oh. Oh. Uh, Ali's more like Yaddle rather than Yoda. All oh, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. not fair. I don't like that. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move on to the proper topic of the week because um, we're just throwing insults now. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, so for those of you that follow us on Twitter, uh, you would have seen that, that we touched this earlier on. Dave has done an article. And Dave, because this is your baby, for want of a better word, um, I'm going to hand this over to you a little bit because we obviously spoke about this on, on our WhatsApp group that we have of the Jedi Council. And, and it's obviously prompted you to write an article. But Galaxies of Adventure is a mini series on YouTube. They've done, I'm going to say about seven or eight episodes now. Uh, and those seven or eight episodes are basically an animated version of points of the story of both the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I haven't seen anything that's sequel trilogy related. I No, I've not seen sequel, but I have seen, you know, that um, the Stormtrooper one. They touch on Death Troopers in that. Yeah, and obviously the, the Vader one has... There's a Vader episode, which yes, is the end Rogue of Rogue One. one. So yeah. there's nothing sequel-related, but everything seems to be prequel and original trilogy-related. And they are voiced over to talk about, in a galaxy of adventures, you know, you have to be a hero in the Star Wars universe. And then it shows a, a one-minute clip of animated snippets of Luke and this, that, and the other. Um and one in particular that was released, I think it was back end of last week or earlier this week. Um, I think her, beginning of this week, yeah. Yeah, has, has caught the attention of, of the Star Wars fan base for a couple of different reasons. Um, and with that, I'm going to hand over to, to, to you, Dave, if you don't mind. Yeah. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um I would say that, broadly speaking, 
um, the animations so far have been warmly received. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we, when they first dropped, the first ones dropped, and there was like the loot, the Vader one, and, and what have you. Um, we all devoured them fairly quickly and and and, and rated them, and we enjoyed them. Um, and I would say that again, from an, purely from an animation perspective and from um, a style perspective, there there is almost like a, a an anime um, style to them. Um, yeah. In in that the way that you look at the faces of people and, and what have you, um, and I I quite like that style. Um, so the one that was released this week was Princess Leia um, hyphen rescue. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Luke, we're going to have company! This is some rescue! In the galaxy of adventures, sometimes the princess huh? does the rescue. galaxy every day can be an adventure explore all the galaxy of adventures at star wars kids and it's 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 caused a bit of a stir um all of the animations so far have been characterizations of of scenes that we've already seen as as alex has already said um they are familiar parts of movies, maybe seen from a slightly different perspective, maybe exaggerated in some way to accentuate a point or to um, add excitement, maybe. Because these, these are animations aimed primarily at children, and the idea is to try and, and entice in a new generation of Star Wars fan, someone who hasn't been indoctrinated the way my children have by me. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, so they've all been somewhat stylized. And so far, I have not seen anything on social media that has been negative about those. However, the one that dropped this week um, or at the beginning of this week, end of last week, was the Princess Leia one. And it has split opinion. And so I think I flagged it up on our chat group initially with the comment, have you seen the fallout on social media about the latest animation? And, and that's how we then discussed it as a group, just chatting amongst ourselves. And it was the fact that I'd seen a, a number of posts on on Twitter and, and on Facebook, actually, um, Disney Disney UK had been pushing out the, the new video for, for uh, consumers. Um, again, you could argue that if it is a child's animation, 
you shouldn't be putting it on Twitter or on Facebook on the basis that both of those social media channels require you to be 13 as a minimum to be able to use them. So you could argue that if they're pushing it out on there, then it's not just aimed at children. It's, it's aimed at the fan base wider than that. However, uh, uh, the, the idea is that these are aimed at children to bring in a new fan. Um, so what has angered people? And I, I use the term anger because it has be- it's escalated massively <laughs> very quickly and become anger. And that's the, I think that was where the focus of my opinion piece really was aiming towards. I, I did give a an, an opinion myself of the animation and my own thoughts of it. But the, I think the main focus of the, the opinion piece I wrote was actually about the fandom. And that was the title of the opinion piece. Um, the fact that I, I sense another disturbance in the force, or in the fandom, sorry. Um, and it's it's resurrected the anger that we actually saw 12 months ago with The Last Jedi. It's, it starts off with, and I would actually equate it very well to what we saw in The Last Jedi. It starts off with some fans saying, that's kind of cool, that. I quite like that as an animation. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. Wow, yeah. At the same time, you've got some fans saying, I'm not quite certain about this. The, the characterization of Leia seems slightly out. The characterization of Luke and Han seems slightly out. Um, and those, I would say that those are moderate voices, just, just voicing an opinion and saying, oh, I'm not certain how this has got past quality control at Lucasfilm. This doesn't feel like Luke. Luke or, or like Leia the, the way that I remember it but similarly you've got fans who are saying oh I really like that new animation um, really clever it, it shows Leia in a new light so that's that's positive debate about an animation and from my own perspective that's brilliant that's what we want as fans the opportunity to voice disquiet and, and to say that doesn't quite feel right and that's all well and good um however <laughs> if you follow the the thread of conversation on social media you see that it rapidly descends into anger and hate yet again following the last jedi exactly the same um arguments being used where you've got this and, and I am going to characterize this and I am going to actually potentially offend people by saying this, but it does tend to be white male who of, of, a, of an older generation. I would actually put myself into that generation um, who are slating um, Lucasfilm, who are again using terms like social justice warriors, who are again claiming that this feminism is rife within Lucasfilm and how dare they do this to beloved characters. So you've, you've got that anger directed primarily at Lucasfilm and, and the management of Lucasfilm. And then on the back of that, you've got the anger directed at the self, an anger directed internally within the fandom itself. So you, you've got these, the, the moderate people who, I would, I would try and class myself within that, who either like or don't quite get the new animation, who are being drowned out by comments such as Social Justice Warrior, 
comments such as feminism, comments such as man baby and fanboy tears. And all of a sudden, it just becomes the fandom turning on itself. And why are we doing it again? Why can't we just have a civil debate about fandom? I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there in in a few ways. And you know, uh, we we often don't disagree about things on Star Wars when you think about it, Dave. You know, we've we've known each other long enough, and for the most part, we kind of see eye to eye on. I'd say roughly about 98% things Star Wars related. Um, but I think this is where, this is one thing that, that, that springs to mind where I think we differ about yeah. our opinion on the actual episode. And I'll, and I'll come to that in a minute. Um, but from a, from a fandom perspective, yeah, it's, it's rife, you know. Um, it feels like we have, I've used this terminology twice in, in this podcast. We've, we've got in a time, a time machine. We've gone back to January of 2018 um, and we're having the same conversations between the people who are pro this episode and those that are completely anti. And you've got those of us that are stuck in the middle that aren't offended either way. Mm. And there are those of us that are trying to articulate their argument in a way that is measured and sensible, but are getting drowned out by the, dare I say, idiots yeah. who are taking it far, too far, let's be honest. Um, you've got the one hand that, to, to your point, man babies, fanboy tears, get over yourself, you're, you know, you're an old dinosaur. Mm. And then you've got the convert where you've got people shouting down about the hidden agenda within Lucasfilm, you know, and things like that. And, and I'm sitting there watching the fan base and I'm thinking, guys, this, this, it's Star Wars, right? The one thing that everybody has in common that is the, the Star Wars fans. That that is ultimately the, the the one thing that they have in common. But what we're getting is personal feelings and opinions on what they probably think should happen, probably think shouldn't happen. But then bringing in outside outside interferences, for want of a better word, and completely ramping up their arguments to become not violent but vitriol yeah yeah definitely and offensive you know um can i jump in there alex actually yeah go just, for it man. just, just because actually i think i think we do need some context around this as well because i think it's roughly a year about now that i started really getting involved with the jedi council and you guys right and we did have conversations last year about the fandom and to be honest we kind of didn't touch on it when it was getting really quite as you were saying there was a lot of vitriol a lot of hatred around we deliberately didn't want to give that any air if you remember we discussed it at the time so this is really one of our first big conversations around this and and i think the reason we have to have it now is because it's endemic within the star wars community that it's become near on a impossible to have an opinion that differs from someone else without someone jumping in on you and really going to town in some way or another and And, and making it personal exactly exactly and you know uh, i'm sure 
a lot of people, the majority of people, are fair-minded individuals who just love Star Wars, as you say, Alex. But there is no doubt now, it is a year and a bit since The Last Jedi. And that divide which was caused, that polarisation, you know, whatever side you're on, or middle ground or whatever, it now means that it's so difficult to make a comment that I don't like this because of X, Y and Z. I care about this because I think this has happened and I'm not sure if it fits in with tonally what I perceived it to be. And instead of someone just going about, well, I kind of see your point, but actually I think this is why it does work. Instead of getting that debate, you get, you're a man, baby. You're a bad person. This is that. And it's now got to a point for me where we have to talk about it because it's so much there that it would be pointless ignoring it now. And I do think, I mean, at the beginning, your, your premise, Dave, was that um, we, we all like the cartoons. I don't remember I said I didn't want these cartoons, just like I didn't want to re-release other things, because I didn't see the point. If I want to watch Star Wars, right, and I want to watch the first Star Wars episode... I can go and watch the film. There is not a single person who wants to go and watch the Star Wars first film who cannot find a way to watch it on DVD, online, however you want to consume it. I never understood what the point of these cartoons were other than to exacerbate certain traits or change things. It was never going to add anything materially positively to the story. So why did you need them? I never saw the point of them. It's my whole argument on uh, on the lack of uh, good storylines going forward. And I've been over that again, so I don't, I don't really want to cover that sort of thing. But I do think they should never have happened in the first place. And... Again, it just means that everyone is coming out with these opinions. And I think it's such a shame that we can't have honest debate, which I think we're going to have tonight, by the way, because actually I think, Dave, I I really respect your article. I think it's really great. I think, Alex, you differ. And actually, I'm somewhere in between you this time. Well, not in my usual contrary position. (laughs) I don't I don't I don't think the article's bad. I think the article's good and incredibly well written. I don't agree with all of it, but. That's the actual content more so than the actual writing style. I do like the article, just to be clear. (laughs) Yeah, but what I mean by that, what I mean by that is is that we can have a conversation about a piece of content, in this case, which is a Star Wars short, and we can each have different opinions, voice them, and say, you know what, this is why we think that, and have a discussion about it and see where we get to at the end. And we haven't done that so far, so I've really been looking forward to this. But I, I, I think it also echoes to the, the kind of sentiment that social media has become a face, faceless opportunity to be horrible. Um, you know, I can be whatever I want to be on social media because it's not real. Yet yeah, it, it is. Um, Do you know what? When, when I when I talk, so, so in my profession, I work for a law firm um, and I lead on social media for that firm. The way I describe this to our lawyers is, is that it's like road rage. When you're in a car and someone cuts you up in front of you, some people will beat their horns and get really, really angry, really, really aggressive, right? Because there's a physical barrier between the two. If you bump into someone in the street, just inadvertently bump into them, you may go, I'm really sorry, sorry. And it's over. No anger, no malice. Twitter for me is that barrier, that phys- there is that physical thing which stops that contact, which means that people feel more able to express their anger differently. And that's what I always say to our lawyers. And that's why you have to be so careful with this, because people don't behave that way if you meet them one on one. Yeah. 
it's 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 the distance i agree with that you you are removed from the person but also you are you're removed emotionally from the other person as well so whatever you say whatever you do there's no actual physical repercussion for you a lot of people if they bumped into someone wouldn't have the guts to kick off yes because they'd be fearful of the reaction whereas in a car you you've got a, a metal shell around you that person can't get to you so you can let off and you can tell that person exactly what you think of them and it's the same when you're on the other side of a keyboard exactly right exactly right that's why i think it's a really positive way to describe why do you feel that you can act differently in that situation mm. where face to face i mean i bet if anyone who disagrees with our opinions i bet if we met them and had a drink with them it would be very very civil yes put I'd it online so. and it just changes mm. yeah totally agree and again you you've because you're on the end of a keyboard you don't know where that person is um and there's a sense of distance involved in it um you could be talking to someone in in the us if you live in the uk you could be talking to someone in in south africa for instance so you know for a fact that whatever you say they're not going to come and actually take you to task for what you've just said the, the, the most they could do is respond with another negative tweet or another negative Facebook post back to you. And it's a case of, right, well, I'll just block you now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. End of argument. I've won because I blocked you. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's funny you say that because I, uh, I watched the Donald Trump press conference earlier on. Um, it was streaming on USA Today, so I was watching it on my iPad. Um, and he was taking some really awkward questions about where he gets his facts from and how they are different <laughs> to where the media get their facts from. Yet technically, it should be from the same place. He didn't like the question that he was being answered, so he gave a really curt answer and then moved on to the next question because he didn't want to answer the question that he was just given. And he did that about four or five times, and that is the, the, the physical way of effectively blocking someone. Um, mm. You're, you're, sell, you're saying something to somebody that they don't like. So instead of actually having the courtesy to say, I don't know what you're saying, so I'm not going to engage with you, you're blocking them because you don't want to have the conversation. Um, it's, it's gone further than that because he's banned people from the White House. That, exactly. So you've, you've kind of gone to the extreme, whereas what we're seeing in, in the Star Wars fandom, I'm not saying that Star Wars fans are like Donald Trump by any stretch of the imagination. Um, what I'm saying, though, is that you've got a form of communication that you are in such control of that you can basically open and close it as you see fit, whether or not you're happy to have an argument or not. Whereas if you're having a conversation face-to-face, for the most part, yeah, you can get up and walk away from somebody, but nevertheless, you still have to engage with them on a face-to-face and have a proper conversation with somebody. Whereas us as a collective, because we know each other, because we are friends as well as podcast hosts, etc. There's a mutual respect to listen to what other people have to say and there's no consequence, for want of a better word, because we know that we are going to differ on Star Wars and 
I'm probably going to get shot down for saying this, but it's not real. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, it, it's something that we love and it's something that we're all passionate about. But ultimately, it, it's a fantasy movie. It's not real. There are greater things in life for us to worry about. Yeah, it's something we're passionate about and we all love. And, you know, I'm not going to hand, hand in my fan card, for want of a better word for saying that. But it's because as a collective, we appreciate what each other are saying and then effectively can move on because it isn't real life. Um, but there are a lot of people out there that seem to take social media, whether that be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever method you choose, who I don't want to say they live on social media because that sounds really odd, but they take things way too seriously to heart. Um, and that's when it starts to get nasty because you get individuals who think they can talk to you without any level of respect because you don't know them because you are a hundred thousand thousands of miles away. You know, if I'm, if I'm having a conversation with a guy next door to me, I'm going to try and be courteous and be respectful because we live with each other to, or we live in the, the houses next door to us. If I'm chatting to somebody in, in Vietnam about star Wars, they can be as horrible as, or to a certain extent, I could be as horrible as I want into them because there's no real consequence. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it escalates and it becomes a way for people to be horrible and just think, Oh, whatever. And that's, that's not very social even though they're using it on social media. You, you've, I could say you've also got the fact that it, because it is social media, it's not one-to-one communication. If, you, if you're having a conversation with your next-door neighbour, it's just you and your next-door neighbour in that conversation. Mm-hmm. You, can, you two, you and your next-door neighbour, can debate the merits of an animation. You can debate the merits of The Last Jedi, and one of you can like it, one of you can dislike it. You can debate it and have a civil conversation. However, on social media, unless you're actually doing it as a direct message, the world sees it. Anybody who follows your feed, anybody who follows their feed will see that. Well, they won't necessarily see it, but there's the potential that they'll see it. And all they have to do is like it, and all of a sudden, mm. people in their feed have the potential to see it. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you've got people who you don't have a shared relationship with, that you don't have a shared understanding with, that you don't even know who can then input into your conversation. And there's even less reason at that point to be nice to you. Other than the yeah. fact that maybe you should just be civil just because you didn't, shouldn't have to be. A... Yeah. And it... so, on, no, and I, I was actually going to say that, that, that in the real world to, to continue that theme, Alex, Star Wars has such a positive power for good in fandom in terms of, my entire relationship with Dave is based upon our shared love of Star Wars initially. That's all it was based on. And, and, and it was a pretty much from the beginning a real world relationship as opposed to an online one. Yeah. And with you, Alex, as someone who, um, you know, we worked together for a year and a half and we were, you know, good friends. But Star Wars is one of the things that has kept us friends for 10 plus years years and you know it's now got to a stage where you and i can go to another country and i know dave and you have gone to another country as well to share your enjoyment of that fandom in the real world because it's such a power for good and yet online for some unknown reason 
it's not used as much for good. And I know there are people out there who, you know, um, talk a lot about positivity, such as Neil, who follows us. And, you know, that's great. And there are, there are plenty of examples out there. But it does seem that a lot of the time, instead of building relationships, building fan groups, it's to try and tear each other down to points yeah. or to prove who's right. And that's why I don't understand why people cannot respect the right of people to have different opinions from them but still love the same product i don't understand the two things are not mutually exclusive Mm. and some people want to make that distinction that because you were in a camp who didn't like the last jedi oh you hate everything because you like the last jedi that means that you're not a proper fan because you don't understand star wars that's nonsense it just means you don't agree on that one particular issue and you see it differently but guess what you all loved episodes one, two, and three together. You enjoyed Clone Wars. You've played the games. You've read the comics. You've bought the collectibles. So why use that one example of things that drive you apart rather than all the fantastic things that bring you together? I, I just find that so frustrating. Agree. Totally agree with that. If if we was in the same room right about now, I'd be giving you a hug right about now um, because that... That's kind of spot on um, because when when David and I went to Germany for celebration um, in 2013, we met so many cool different people. Um, that German guy. Oh, he was so funny. That's, that's exactly where I was going. We met this guy <laughs> who came up from Munich, if I remember correctly, um, yeah. and we were in a place called Esser. Um, which is just outside of Frankfurt? Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf, Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. Um, so it was a bit of a distance. And yet, you know, he came up because of his love of Star Wars. We travelled to Germany for our love of Star Wars. And, you know, when when you get that so many people together, it becomes such a different way to be with your fandom. Um, and kind of where I'm going with this is that if people came together like that more often, to your point, Ali it would make the fandom become a lot more healed, I think. Um, and I think that social media is, while, while it has become a way to bring people closer together, it's now being used as a mechanism, to your point, to tear people apart and to bring bring gaps that probably aren't actually there when you think no, about exactly. it. Exactly. And I would, go, I would go further than your healed point. I would say it would make the Star Wars... Um, from the outside perspective, you know, your friend said Star Wars is dead. It would make the fandom look stronger mm. and the people who enjoy it more respected for that fandom as well. Instead of seeing in the news, Star Wars fans are tearing each other apart again. You would see people enjoying it. Uh, I agree with that, except I have this thing in the back of my mind that the, the moment you say you're a massive Star Wars fan, you automatically get labelled with a label of he's a nerd, he's a geek with derogatory <laughs> feelings. And that's that's you need, to, you need to grow up, is what I've been told. Yeah, you need to give your toys back to somebody well, when we you did turn dis- 25, apparently. Yeah, um, but we did discuss this a little while that was time cheap, but we did discuss this a little <laughs> while ago. Where actually it is a lot more it's okay to do that now. You know, I was out having a couple of drinks with friends tonight. And I said to them, I've got to leave now. I'm doing a Star Wars podcast. And the guy, right, very good guy at work, turned around and said, oh, yeah, you're having a laugh, aren't you? I was like, no. And the group I was with, there was about 10 of us. The other eight turned around and went, 
actually, it's really good. And they were like, you know, we we listened to Ali on the on the show, and the guys know what they're talking about. It's really interesting. And straight away, I was like, oh, okay. And I do think if you're with the right friendship group, they will respect it. That's the important part. It's the right people to understand your level of fandom. Whereas you get people still who who may not have the understanding or necessarily they don't want to be accepting of the fact that super fans are normal people. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I just said this, this takes us back to a conversation we've had elsewhere. I think we, I think we've even discussed it on podcasts before. You can be a super fan of Arsenal, of Chelsea, of Man United, of Liverpool football clubs. And that's accepted by society. You can spend hundreds on a season ticket. You can spend thousands, thousands yeah. yeah, traveling to games in different countries. You can spend hundreds on kits. You can wear your favorite football team's T-shirt. And that's perceived by society as a whole to be normal behavior for a man or a woman. Whereas the moment you wear a geek T-shirt, whether that's DC, whether that's Marvel, whether it's Doctor Who, whether it's Star Wars, you're perceived to be on the fringe of society. Yeah. Where's the difference? Where's the difference? It's it's the interpretation of fandom. Um, and I feel that we're getting slightly off topic again. Yeah. Um, because one thing that that's we haven't... Out, the one thing we haven't actually touched on in this discussion, while it's good is why the article and while the, the episode has caused that much controversy. Um, yep. So I'm kind of thinking we should kind of jump into that because that's where, and I said this about an hour ago, no, about 20 minutes ago, that we kind of differ, Dave. Um, mm. And, you know, so the main crux of the episode is showing how amazing of a person a princess Leia is. I think is the, a very high-level description of what yes. it is. Um, it's to emphasize that she is this strong-minded, will, strong-willed woman who can look after herself. I think that's uh, another way to describe it. Um, but where the bone of contention has become is around how that is portrayed within the episode. I think one thing that we can all agree on is that Princess Leia is an absolute badass in the film. It doesn't matter if you're in favor of this episode or you're not, everybody knows that she is an absolutely fantastic, awesome character in the movie. And one of the leading elements of the original trilogy, I think every star Wars fan can, can kind of agree on that. Yeah. But to go further than that, she is one of the greatest female heroines in film in all time. Absolutely. I'd say in literature in all time. Exactly. She she's become this focal point of how strong power willpower women should be. And then even when you think to the prequel trilogy, we have Padme, obviously her mother, but again is this, you know, single minded, very strong willed individual who is who is willing to kind of step up to the plate when things get rough. Um and I've touched on this before, the way Star Wars echoes mirrors themes of the, of the movies in, in the different trilogies and you know the fact that she is leia's mum but you, where you about star wars generally with women yeah all you, you you've got mon mothma you've got um ahsoka you've got 
in more recent time, Hera and um, Sabine. You've got the likes of Shaq T. You've got Ventress. But, so not only good, but also bad. You've yeah. got... Um, oh, what's the name of the bounty hunter lady that appeared in Clone Wars a lot? Jamie King was the voice of the... Uh, yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly who you mean. But you, you've got strong, really strong female characters mm. and you always have had that is one thing that i think we could all agree upon that star wars has portrayed women very favorably i'm not saying that there's there's hundreds of women but the the, the, the female characters that are in it are always portrayed as strong and independent they're never they're never subservient they're never weak the only the only female character i can think of that is like that would be Ula from yes. Return of the Jedi. She's a slave Twi'lek dancer. Um, yes. But that's the only one. Every other female character that I can think of that is in Star Wars is a strong female. And that that doesn't get enough airtime, in my opinion. Um, when you think of, like, in, in the recent movies, you've got Jin in Rogue One. Um, Kira in Solo. You've got yeah. Rey in the uh, sequel trilogy you know you've got these strong women and star wars has done a fantastic job of doing that yes there aren't enough it's slowly starting to increase which is a good thing but it arguably you've got holdo from the last jedi now she is a bone of contention because of what she does but that's besides the point um you've got rose again another phasma Faz- exactly you, you, there is a catalogue of strong women in Star Wars and that doesn't get enough airtime, um, which is a, an irony because the amount of people that still argue that there's this female um, ma- mantra in Lucasfilm that they want to push the feminist agenda that is absolute nonsense um, they are just trying to equal the playing field but ultimately Star Wars has always been good for doing that anyway Mm. Yes. How about you? You've um, got Evans next. Yeah, a perfect example in Solo. Yeah, and and, and she's she's young as well as um, um, yeah a dominant female. Sabine Wren, another prime example. Yeah. You know, and kind of looping this conversation back to to the to the main topic is that the way that Leia has been portrayed in this particular episode has caused uproar for want of a better word um and dave you kind of authored this so i'm gonna let you go into detail as to what ruffled your feathers for want of a better word yeah okay so the animation generally i have no issue with it being a kid's animation i have no issue with the general animation i have a couple of head scratch moments is probably the best way of phrasing it about the way that Leia is portrayed sometimes. And um, for me, she is portrayed as overly aggressive at times. Um, for me, she, she was, she was strong. She would, okay. To go back to the original movie here, she was strong. She was headstrong. She was willful. 
she was sarcastic. She was assertive. She took the lead. She made decisions. She didn't suffer fools gladly. When she first met um, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, she, I, I don't know if she was impressed by them. Um, she was quite happy to show disdain when she wanted to. Um, but she was never aggressive with them. And I think the bit for me that that does rankle to some extent is the way that she's portrayed being aggressive to them. Um, you have the moment where she snatches the, the blaster out of Luke in the corridor when they first free her. Now, fair enough, she does take the blaster in that seat. Um, I just, I, I, I think that the way that they've characterised her doing it is more aggressive than it happened in the in the original. And for me, it's it's an aggressiveness that shouldn't have been there. Similarly, there's the, the very famous scene where Luke and uh, Leia um, have their first rope swing, where Leia kisses him on the cheek and says, for look, um, which was, in the movies, was a massive bonding moment for, for Leia and Luke. That was the first time that they worked as an actual partnership. It was the first time that they became brother and sister for me, even though there, there was a potential love interest there at the time. Um, whereas you see it in the animation, and and I would actually say that there's, there's, there's an equal amount of dumbing down, maybe, of the male characters to try and push her up even higher. Because you see Luke wrapping himself in knots with this this rope, which never happened in the the, 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 the the actual film. He was he just blasted the door controls, which also controlled the bridge, and he was like, "Oh God, I've just done that." So yes, there is that moment where he doesn't understand potentially the the impact of blasting the door control and what it's going to do to the bridge. But likewise, he then takes stock of the situation and he's able to use the utility belt that he's stolen from the stormtrooper armor he's able to uncoil the rope without wrapping it around himself and he's able to throw it first time hook around the the, the strut so that they can swing across the chasm whereas what we see in the animation is him looking a little bit like a doofus wrapping himself her looking at him with a raised eyebrow as if to say, what the hell have I got into here? And then slapping him aside while she then defends him. And, and, and that just, for me, that just grates. Why, why, why promote her up in such a way and at the same time demean the other characters to make her look better? She was already amazing. She doesn't need to be built up. That, that, I think that's the root for me. It's she's awesome the way she is she doesn't need a crutch she doesn't need to be portrayed as something that she wasn't so yeah i'll take your point dave and uh, we have some good news listeners um joining us from the east coast of america is the first lady of the jedi council podcast mira say hello mira hello mira Oh, it's good to have you back. It's good that you could join us midway through Dave's rant. Oh, me too. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. You've not missed a lot. You know me. <laughs> it's very quiet, very unopinionated. 
<laughs> very reserved yeah so um we, you've missed a really boring podcast so far Maria, but we are delighted that you could have joined us midway through um, oh, me too. and it's, it's really good that you could join us being the the sole female member of the group um on such an interesting topic um so obviously dave just kind of went through his his kind of beef with the galaxy of adventures uh episode and we've all seen it thankfully um and, and obviously one thing that i touched on was that I I kind of get why people feel aggrieved. I don't feel aggrieved as much myself. Um, and the thing that I take away from this is that I it doesn't take anything away from the movie or any of the scenes in particular that are showing her. It doesn't take anything away from the movie that they're taken from for me. Um, I Maybe I'm a bit too relaxed about this, I don't know, but for me, it's the objective of this is you have one minute and 10 seconds to try to portray how much of an amazing woman Princess Leia is. But as fans of it, we've had the opportunity to see her be that in three full on feature length movies of around two hours or whatever it is each, equaling around six hours to get this view that even after the first movie, let's be honest, or even after the rescue scene in particular, that she's this headstrong opinionated woman um who isn't to be reckoned with let's be honest and they have to portray that in a minute and 20 second cartoon you know so i kind of feel that i i get why people can feel aggrieved but for me it's it's a needs to an end to a certain extent um it isn't dramatically changing the story um yeah she kicks chewy down the uh the trash compactor <laughs> rather than him going of his own accord. Yeah, she looks a little bit agitated, but I think if I'd been tortured by a Darth Vader and, and uh, talking for, 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 for a few days, I think I'd be somewhat agitated as well, let's be honest. But um, it's for me, it's, it is a needs to an end. You're, you're trying to give this episode as much clout and as much meaning content as possible to portraying a message that, that she's this amazing woman, but you've got a ridiculously short amount of time. So things are going to get exaggerated. Plus, it's a cartoon. Things always get exaggerated when it comes to being a cartoon. Um, you know, we also have the, the the episode of Vader fighting Luke in uh, Empire Strikes Back. That gets exaggerated massively. You know, Luke's doing front flips and back flips. It, mm. it, it doesn't take anything away from that scene in the film for me. I know Ali has particular issues with that, but I'm sure he'll come to that in a minute. But yeah, so for me, it, 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 it doesn't lose anything i i'm kind of enjoying it for what it is i love the animation style um i'm a huge anime fan i i love manga um and i find it amusing the way that this is this is going because it's trying to bring star wars to a new audience it's trying to make it accessible in as many ways as possible and even there was the one that was released i think it might have been released today where it's about stormtroopers some of the scenes from it aren't directly from the film, but it doesn't take anything away from it or it, it, it kind of adds to it to a certain extent. Um, but I know that Leia is this amazing character in so far, all five films that she's been in. Um, let's not talk about Mary Poppins, but anyway, um, for the most part, she's this incredibly amazing character. And that, episode has to deliver that message in such a short space of time which for me it's not a huge deal um 
like I said, maybe I'm being a bit too relaxed about it. I don't know. But that's where I think we differ, Dave. Um, we don't differ much, like I said, about Star Wars in general. Um, but I don't know if I'm being too relaxed, if I'm not precious enough. I don't know. But I'm watching it and taking it for what it is. It's, it's an animated cartoon for a kid. Um, it's like when you look at Resistance, it's obviously a longer show. And there's obviously a market that it's aimed for. So while I'm not overly a fan of it, I'm enjoying it for what it is. Uh, it has got better, let's be honest. And the, the storyline is starting to link in with The Force Awakens a hell of a lot more. And it's it's improved. It's no Clone Wars. But even though Clone Wars was kind of originally made for kids, the way that it went dark super quick after a couple of series, you could actually say that's a bit of a grown-up cartoon. Um, animated show, whatever you want to call it. But this is aimed at kids. Um, I even think it debuted on a YouTube channel called Star Wars Kids, um, which for me, I think that says it all. Um, I know that I've been rabbiting on for about 10 minutes about this now, so I'm going to let somebody else talk. But I don't know. Yeah, go for it. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm either way with this. I, I, I don't take it too seriously. I just enjoy it for what it is. Okay, so. This is quite nice, because for once, I'm not Mr. Contrary. I, I proclaim myself the voice of reason in this. So <laughs> I'm halfway between you and Dave, Alex, in terms of I, I don't agree with your analysis about, in particular, the Darth Vader clip, because I don't think anyone ever thought that they saw the entire Luke-Darth Vader fight in every minute detail. The scene that we're talking about, we have seen. And she didn't do what they did in the cartoon. She just didn't do it. We've seen it from we've seen it for some people, 30, 40 years, and we know how it ends. We don't see her with that strange manic look. That's not Leia. It's a bit like in The Last Jedi when people say, that's not Luke. I really I, I take I, I do actually think that you can see that in there. And when I, I showed it to my girlfriend and she was like, that that's not her. That's not her facial expression. That's not what she does. And so I do think people can get a little bit overprotective things. I agree with that completely. And I agree with you. It's a cartoon. And I've said earlier, I don't think it should even exist, which I which I still really cling very strongly to. But I think if you're going to do that, you can't take a scene that has been completely done and you're not adding to it, you're literally changing it. And I mean, that's where the problem lies in this. They're not, they're not changing it so much as taking anything away from it. They're just making things different to make her look they're literally Alex. I mean, they stop no, no, they're when she it, takes the I'm first saying. shot. When she shoots and the stormtroopers all stop. Yeah, but it's for, it's for effect. It's because there's well, this... But it wasn't it, there. Well, you've no, got no, a scene where, there, where Luke wraps himself up in a rope. Not there. Well, what are you adding by doing that? Nothing. No, what I'm not saying. It? No, no, no. Wait, no, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. It's not that I don't. I don't disagree that that scene didn't happen. It didn't. <laughs> but what I mean is that it doesn't take away from the actual scene in the movie. What it just does, it it's there for comedic effect. It it doesn't. It's not now canon that she started shooting and everyone stopped. It hasn't changed anything. It's Why just bringing it? a different perspective. This, this this isn't canon. This isn't this isn't part of the actual it's film. Supposed it's supposed something... to be a representation of the films. No, it's not because they change it on everything. So what is it if it's not a representation of the films? Why bother doing it if it's not a representation of the well, films? Well, I, I can't answer that. I don't know why is. they're doing it. It's up to them what they're doing. But what they're trying to do is get the movie in front of a newer audience. That's what they're trying what to do. True, true, but what you're going to end up is causing the movie. 
Yes, no, I'm not saying confusion. You're going to cause confusion. You'll have a child. Really? It's a minute cartoon. Well, you'll have a child who'll only have seen this version of it and then potentially go and watch the movie. It's like, well, that's not what what happened in the cartoon. You potentially have a child liking the cartoon more because it's more lighthearted and actually thinking that the film, you know what, I don't really like the film. I'll stick with the short cartoons. I don't. I don't think it would be that extreme, Dave. But I do think you would exactly. see differences. You would see differences, though, and and there's no need for the confusion. Would be my point. There, you right. know, it, it, there is confusion in that, and there's no need for it. But I don't think it would make someone go, "I don't like the film." It's only confusion if you're thinking about it too literally. Okay, um, Mera, as as the because it appears that there is no voice of reason in. in <laughs> <laughs> there is there is no voice of reason in the men on this podcast. So let's listen to a female's perspective. Where uh, your thoughts? Uh, sorry, laughing here. Um I adore you guys, I really do. Um and uh so I watched the video and um I I see all points. I mean certainly it's how long is it? A a minute, tw- twenty seconds? If that, um, my first impression is, is the, um, well, the little Luke getting tied up, um, and then Leia, you know, grabbing him to shove him down into the chute, um, and then Han looking kind of like dope face, like, oh, what do I do now? Although he, that, that was, that was accurate to the movie. (laughs) For sure, because he's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Um, but it just seemed like it went a bit too far, dumbing Luke down a little bit to me. Not ex- in an exaggerated way, but yet it was there. I mean, she's she wasn't pushy. She was in the movie. She is. She knows what she wants. She's taking care of herself. I mean, we get that. Um, but she didn't have to... I don't know. I feel like she dumbed down or they dumbed down Luke to make her look stronger in this short that was not necessary. It was. um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a huge misrepresentation, but it does. It's not an accurate picture of Leia. Um, It's not. uh, I don't know. She wouldn't treat somebody well, except for Han, maybe um, as a buffoon. Because she respected Luke, even in that short period of time, believe it or not. Um, even though he didn't have a kind of a clue, he wasn't the brains of the operation. He just, but still, I didn't, um, I'm, I'm not a total fan of her representation in the cartoon short. I think they could have emphasized her character and her strength um, differently uh, without at the expense of Luke. And that's what I saw in my first impression. Um, because Luke wasn't totally inept. He just, you know, was very young in that particular film. I did they did show what, the Return of the Jedi, where he's you know the dear life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was true. But you know, so I could see that for a little com- comedic effect. I wasn't so aggrieved by that or um if you want to use that word, but yeah, the other ones where he's tied up and she pushes him out of the way or then she grabs him to throw him down the chute. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that wasn't necessary to bring the point that she was 
she's an awesome princess, probably the best princess Disney will ever have. Yeah. But it was but it was fun in it what it was. So You were right, she was the voice of reason. She was. Yeah. She's come on. Come on, guys. You guys need a leader. So, you know, clearly <laughs> you don't have a plan. And so there's a way to do that. Maybe that she they could have had her roll her eyes or something. Come on, guys. Let's get it together. Let's do that. Mary, I think Ali was implying that that you are our princess Leia. That's oh. exactly what I was doing, Dave. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And you, you've joined the podcast at the right time, Mary, because oh. this would have escalated far too quickly, if not. Oh. Would have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> no fisticuffs. <laughs> You see, that's that's the thing. We we can debate this, and we don't belittle each other because of it. We if don't... I could still throw a, if I could throw a sheep at you on Facebook like I used to be able to, Dave, I would have done that by now. <laughs> you know, no, but I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off mid-flow. But yeah, you're you're spot on. The fact that I'm not going to start blocking you from my Twitter feed. No. Um, you know, I'm not going to start. It'd be a bit weird considering we're friends anyway, but yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, but this, this is what happens on on and, and yeah. going back to to really the main point of the 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 article that I, I wanted to get across was mm-hmm. that people are just going too far with this. I remember from from the Last Jedi, a group of of people that I were friends with on on social media on twitter um during the for want of a better word the fallout from the last jedi um i know of of a few that ended up blocking me just because they didn't want to hear negative comments about the last jedi and it was a case of you know what i'm not interested in your opinion and so i'll block you rather than engaging in debate and, and we're seeing the same thing again now over an animation, over a kid's animation. Over it's, And it's not even an episode of a TV show. It's not even right. an episode of Forces of Destiny or whatever it was called. It's even right. less time than that. Uh, <laughs> it's a one minute and 20 seconds or whatever it was snippet to emphasize who she is. As a, as a, In my opinion, it's an introduction to who she is. Um, and what goes on in the Star Wars universe very quickly, and some epic scenes that they've done as well. So it's mm. the outrage is is you know it is what it is because people are going to take this one way or another, as we've seen. Um, it will prompt debate, as we've clearly seen, <laughs> uh, not just here within the council members, but also on on social media. But and to kind of echo something that was mentioned earlier on, and, and Mary, this is for for you as well, is that Ali highlighted that. If all the Star Wars fans kind of came together more for what they love about it rather than what they hate, mm. it would make fandom such a nicer place to be at the moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why there's, I mean, you can have strong opinions. And my gosh, I was there in 77. I have very strong emotional attachment to A New Hope, especially. So, I mean, Leia was the she defined me. She she made helped me choose my path in life, if you will, at that young age. And so, yes, I feel strongly about it. But there are other things that, you know, um, that I don't like. That's fine. I don't focus on those things. I don't think those things should be barriers or hindrances. I don't think you should be blocked for them by any means. Um, 
But there are people who, you know, have just as strong opinions and are more vocal about it. Again, you shouldn't, you know, unless they become nasty and, you know, death threats, which I guess are possible. But, I mean, come on, let's treat each other um, with the respect that we love this thing. We love yeah. this franchise. It, it, it is a huge part of our lives, even though it's just a movie to some people, you know? Mm. Why can't we just talk and you know, have strong opinions and disagree, agree to disagree or agree to agree. And let's all just group hug. We love Star Wars. <laughs> Did I rant? No, 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 we, we agree. That's why we're quiet. <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, I think, you know, Ali's had his turn at ranting. Dave's had his turn at ranting. I've had my turn. So more than more than uh, acceptable for want of a better word <laughs> uh, to have a bit of a rant and I, it's an interesting time at the moment because you know we know what's on the horizon for Star Wars um, and if Disney keep on dropping these animated TV animated bits and pieces the way they are I've got a feeling this, this conversation isn't going to end something yeah. else is going to happen and something it's all going to blow up all over again which I hope it doesn't um, yeah. but, but I think that the article that you've written Dave is it's fair because it's it's a feeling of something that you hold dear and to, to echo Mira's point you know you, you was there as well in, in 77 and you know A New Hope is your film um, and I don't want to put words in your mouth but that's why you have that attachment as it were um, yeah well, you can't I'd be agree. a Jedi you're not allowed to be a Jedi clearly though you have attachment but um, it's <laughs> one of those things that it, it will provoke a reaction because it means so much to people yes um, I know why I that, mentioned that. Yeah, they're cultural icons now. They're more mm. than just characters in the story. Yeah. But also, Dave, I do think you know one of the reasons this platform, the Jedi Council, was created was so that we could have these sort of discussions and that you could put articles like out that, like you have done out there, which maybe not everyone will agree with, but will provoke conversation at least. Mm. I think that's an important part of why the Jedi Council exists, and I and I applaud you for doing that with this article. Thank you. Yes. Can I can I can I just have one more? It's not a rant, but it is a little <laughs> it is a little pet hate which Alex alluded to earlier, and apparently I care deeply about things that I really didn't even know I I did, but. You mentioned earlier, Alex, about the Luke Vader fight scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew he was going to go back to this. Yeah, well, I, was waiting, I was waiting. I was waiting for that. Yeah. As soon as I watched it, as soon as I watched it, I I had the sound off, obviously, and I immediately went, "This isn't right. This isn't right." And and I've watched it with a couple of people, and to them, it doesn't make a blind bit of difference. And I completely respect and understand that opinion. But you know how. Mary, how you said, for example, the original Star Wars, New Hope, whatever you want to call it, is deeply personal to you. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've written an article before about why Revenge of the Sith is deeply personal to me. Mm-hmm. And the music connection is such a deep thing within Star Wars that the scene with Darth Vader and Luke mm-hmm. is actually the music from Revenge of the Sith with the Anakin Obi-Wan fight. Oh, dear. I haven't and as soon as I heard that, I was just like... Oh. My headcanon, and this is where headcanon is a very real thing, I could hear the music and I can see it in my head. I don't need to watch the film to know that scene. And I was watching something completely different. And I don't know why. It just made me realise how music has such an effect on the scene. I know you guys have said this before because you went and saw it live. 
but it completely changed what I was watching yes. because the music did not collate with what I was seeing in front of me. Right. And I just wondered if, if people felt the same. And like I say, it's, it's 100% on me. It's my head cannon. It's my problem. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it at all. But it was just an interesting thing for me that I was like, oh, my gosh, that music does not belong there. Oh, no. It, Music's huge. Yeah. And the music for me is always the key to drive a scene. Um, and I, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I really liked it. Uh, the the kind of exaggeration of the fight in between Vader and Luke was great. Um, and I, I enjoyed the music. It, it's Star Wars music. So that I think that's probably for me, I didn't really think about it too much because it was a theme of Star Wars and that that's fine. But then when we were talking about this on, on it on WhatsApp, you said that if they'd have played Jewel of the Fates, it would have been completely out of place. And It would, yeah. And it, it's funny you say that because when I listened to Jewel of Fates, it was Darth Maul. I just completely associate Darth Maul. Um, and if they'd have played Jewel of Fates, that I, I might have probably been a bit jarred by that because I associate that with Phantom Menace and that was the film that brought me back into Star Wars as a, as a, as a, as a teenager. Um, and I love the Phantom Menace. I'm probably one of those weird people that really likes it as a film. But anyway, um, and to your point, though, the, the thing that I then started to think about is that when you watch that scene in Empire Strikes Back, there is literally no music. Mm. All there is is just Darth Vader breathing, lightsabers clashing, and when he's ripping off bits of metal from the wall and throwing it at Luke through the force. That's all you kind of hear. So if they wanted to portray that in a cartoon, that would be a bit boring, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I kind of get why they wanted to use a piece of music. And the only the only thing that I can think of that relates to that, you have Anakin, who is Darth Vader, against Obi-Wan, who is Luke's mentor. You have a connection, very loose connection, mind you, but it's still a connection to that, that particular fight because that's obviously where Anakin meets his demise to a certain extent. Um, that's the only thing that I can think of. I, well, I don't think you've got Return of the Jedi. You've, you've got Return of the Jedi where Luke and Vader face off. Mm. From that as well, that, that, that could have been used. Oh, but at least I didn't, I didn't think about that, yeah. At, at least that is contextually closer than Anakin Obi Wan. Mm. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm not, I'm not like hugely hung up, and I get why they did it. But it was just like an interesting observation to me of just how important music is in Star Wars and how it just makes you put a scene with music. And I think that's just a really cool thing. And yeah, that that was my small rant. <laughs> Not a rant at all. The music is very, very fine-tuned to this saga. Um, it, it is at odds with it. In this particular video with that fight scene, it doesn't belong there. It's not theirs. So I totally know where you're coming from, Ali. Um, and, you know, being a musical person myself, it's it's hugely important and sets the mood. If you're not as familiar with it, it fits the tone of what we're seeing for somebody who doesn't know the movies like we do. So, but I agree. Something we all agree on. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a change. I'll bake a cake. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, hallelujah. 
<laughs> Alex, we want to just quickly touch on what a few of our followers have said, because there has been a few comments on this on Twitter. Have we got time to do that very quickly? Yeah, very quickly we've got some time for that. And I think that it's interesting because, yeah, it has promote, prompted quite a bit of debate. Um, there's Dave, you've been engaging with a few of our Twitter followers in particular, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, but I might, effectively people have responded to the article I, I, uh, that I'd written, so it, it felt honest and fair to respond to people rather than... And I think that's one thing that we always try to do. We always try and respond to, to people who comment on our on our tweets and on our articles. So it, it, the reason we do this, as, Alex, as, sorry, as Ali said earlier, the reason we do this is to actually stimulate and promote discussion. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, just to read out a couple, Alex is so Grand Admiral CJ, someone we all interact with on a quite regular basis, raises the point: target audience is kids. You do not have to like all Star Wars content. I don't. I mean, I like most of Star Wars content, not all of it. I think we can all understand that, can we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Geeky Retro Nerds, uh, which is also another podcast to um, interact with us. People looking for problems where there aren't any. Some folk just love to be annoyed at Star Wars. I think we've sort of covered that as well. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, Are there any others you want to read out? I mean, obviously, Dave, you've had a back and forth with Happy Beats, which I think we've all enjoyed. (laughs) <laughs> we, all, we all now know what you've studied at university dave <laughs> indeed indeed it was fun actually i loved that absolutely it was loved a it. great it was... conversation but I, was... I, I, at one point I, I think that kind of goes back to the point doesn't it that that that's the kind of conversation that you're happy with on twitter it, yes. it was engaging it was respectable and ultimately you both finished the conversation frightfully polite um but Yes, that's the way it should be. It shouldn't be a case of you've annoyed me so much that I'm going to now block you. Yeah. Um, no. That's 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 an incredibly childish approach. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, Agree. Yeah. Go on. No, sorry. No, go on. I was just saying. I think it just epitomises the way that we try and try to argue, for want of a better word, um, <laughs> our points about different things. Yeah. We well, see. We we had a tweet uh, by someone who's Leia Solo about this, which says guess it all started to get out of hand when some of us said we liked the last jedi and were called shrills uh mm. sjw's and snowflakes and couldn't comment anywhere without getting harassed seems like the shoe is on the other foot now maybe we should all just ignore each other i think that would be the worst thing to do i think debate is important for the reasons we've spoken about throughout this podcast D- debate and respect that's what it should be yeah i mean the thing is if we all thought the same it'd be boring Absolutely. Nobody's shunning anybody. It's a it's a free forum. I mean, we all have our loves and our dislikes about it. Absolutely. I would just have to not be closed about it in our sharing and just say, I respect your opinion and just leave it at that and move on to the next thing that you love about it. Um, the harping on it. The, yeah. Yeah. I respect Alex's opinion about it. I don't agree with him, and I know he's wrong, but I do respect it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you and your obsession with Android, mate. It's the same way around. It, <laughs> I'm about to flip flops on the Apple fanboy. <laughs> R2, where are you? <laughs> Bye.
I think that's a really excellent place to kind of wrap up today's show. Um, we've been going at it for about just over two hours now. Um, so even for us, this is a bit of a long episode, but I think it was a needed conversation. Absolutely. Um, we hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to us ramble on. Uh, Mera, thank you for, for joining probably with the most valuable contribution out of the whole two hours, to be honest with you. Um, but um, <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is that time to kind of call today to an end. Um, so some very final thoughts from you all. Ali, some final thoughts, mate. Uh, I don't really have anything to add other than I've said earlier. Um, just, yeah, I hope that people who read Dave's article don't get riled up about it for the wrong reasons. If you disagree, that's fine. Challenge Dave on it because Dave will come back and explain to him, explain to the person who's, who doesn't agree his opinion. And I think that's how it should be. So I, I would just mm. encourage everyone who hasn't read the article, go and read it, form an opinion and let us know what you think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Mera, some final thoughts from you. Um, yeah, I, I, I come back to I love Star Wars and we all love Star Wars. We're talking about Star Wars and um, let's embrace our, our our opinions, others' opinions. We might be able to learn something about somebody else's point of view. I mean, after all, Obi-Wan kind of, you know, liked that little saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we all come from different walks of life and we all come from a different perspective. But it's still Star Wars and it's all of our Star Wars if that makes sense. And I love to hear about um, people's passion about it and let's keep talking about it and, but let's be civil and, and not closed. And uh, because it's such a wonderful thing to talk about and so many things and adventures that we can have while talking about it. It's just um, clearly I love it. And I love um, everybody on Twitter. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, Oh, Feelings mutual. Feelings absolutely mutual. And Dave, some final thoughts from you, mate. Star Wars is 41 years old. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's enduring. It and, and, and because of that, it has fans who are passionate about it fans who have grown up with it like like mara like me like like you alex like you ali we we've all grown up we've all it star wars has formed part of all of our lives and and influenced bits of of us whether that's what we like about the world what we would like to see um it's it's helped form artistic styles it's helped form musical styles it's influenced other sci-fi it's influenced popular culture and comedy so star wars it's <laughs> to to use the 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 phrase from star wars it it binds the universe together as far as i'm <laughs> concerned um so for people to be using Star Wars and love of Star Wars as a means of hatred and as a means of belittling someone and as a means of of showing anger and disdain, that more than anything disgusts me. It's it's a thing of love. It's the the thing that Star Wars has always been about is about family comradeship 
shared values, a, a shared journey together. It's not about isolationism. It's not about showing anger and disdain and 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 hatred of other people. Um, it, it's Star Wars is for me. It's about love, and and just to see people using it like this is just wrong. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I think some final thoughts for me and to to quote Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Be excellent. Be excellent to each other. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, and with that, we are the Jedi Council. Uh, thank you very much for listening to, to this week's show. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on Twitter. We are at the Jedi underscore council. We are on Instagram. We are at the Jedi underscore council underscore TJC. We are on Facebook now. You can find us. Just type in the Jedi Council. Uh, look for our Facebook page. We will look to interact with you as much as we can. Um, clearly, after t- today's debate, we interact quite a lot by the way things go. Uh, <laughs> and we will continue to do so. We are also online. We are www.the-jedi-council.com. All of our podcasts and back catalogue are available to listen to on SoundCloud. So just again, type in the Jedi Council. We are on iTunes. If you want to leave a review, don't forget to make it good. Give us five stars out of five, please. Anything less than that will not be welcome. Uh, No, not really. Be honest. We love to be honest with you guys back. Um, And that's it for this week from us. We'll be back very soon and look forward to, hopefully, you guys looking forward to hearing from us again. Uh, And with that, may the Force be with you. Remember, the Force will be with you always.